So I'm going to talk about being inhabited. It's not a word we really think about in the Bible. It's, you know, we see this. And I, I started, um, I didn't know that this was going to be my message today. I've had this for a long time. Um, just one, just one sentence. Does God ever do that to you? He just says one sentence and he's like, go. And you're like, where am I going? And God just said, you know, if God inhabits our praises, then God asked me, who inhabits your complaining? And I thought about that. I was like, you know, I complain a lot, a lot more than I'd like to. Maybe a lot less than I used to, but still a lot more than I'd like to. Is anyone else in there? Like we, we, we pretend to, um, to mask complaining with concern. No, you just want to, you're just a grown-up complainer. You just grew up, really, that's what it is, we do. Like, I'm just concerned about this. No, you just want to gossip and complain because you don't actually want to take it to God and deal with it. You don't want to be honest. And I'm like, you know what, sometimes we got to be honest. I was complaining this morning, and I had to go do some repenting, too. Because the longer, I, I think I've told this to you guys lots of times, the longer that you do something you shouldn't do, and you stay there without repentance. Repentance brings you back to what? Right standing with the Lord. So if you did something outside of the word of God, don't wait hours, days, weeks, months to clean it up. Repent, get back in right standing with the Lord. All right, so when I started thinking about that, like we know, we, we sing worship, we do that, um, we come in and... We know, we know God's word. It says God, you know, we open his doors with thanksgiving and praise. So I started thinking, then who inhabits our complaining? Do you guys know? I mean, there's only two. Who is that? The enemy, Satan, whatever you want to call You know, all of the, he does. So we had to start thinking and saying, I'm looking at my life. I'm not liking how these things are going. It just seems stressful. Stress is not from God. Did you know any type of stress is not from God? Not at all. You know, he may, he may stretch you. He may, you know, encourage you to step out in faith. But God does not put stress on you. He doesn't put it on your body. He doesn't put it on your soul. That's not him. It's not his character. So when we start complaining or grumbling, even to ourselves sometimes, I always get caught because if I'm grumbling to myself, I always have a child around that says, who are you talking to? <sighs> Let me just complain by myself for a little bit. But you know, the wisdom of God, he sends those children because you know what? He's saying, God still, you're still creating something whether anyone else is around to hear it. If I'm complaining in private, I am still creating that atmosphere. And so I'm, I started thinking, this, don't make a dwelling place for the enemy. So take a little assessment, look at your household, Look at your social media, your texting, look at, look at your friends, your work environment. It's really easy when everybody else has a spirit of complaint on them and you come into work, right? It's easy to be like, I want to complain too. Can't believe that, right? It's very easy, very easy. But do you know what that does? That makes a dwelling place for the enemy. And you are hosting the enemy and saying you are welcome here. Do we realize that? Like, that's what I look at. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I am actually making an atmosphere where the enemy feels welcome. 
That's scary. I do not want the enemy welcome in my house. I do not. And so, so if you're like, man, it just seems like the enemy's always after me. Oh, it just seems like everything's going wrong. You know, that, did we make a place where he feels comfortable? Because the last I knew that my circumstance don't determine my attitude. My circumstances don't determine my blessing. My circumstance don't determine God's love for me. My circumstances don't determine my salvation. My circumstances don't determine whether God's going to take care of me or not, right? But when we do that, I'm just wondering, who are we welcoming with our complaining, our whining, and unbelief? Because we may think, well, I don't really complain. Well, do you whine? Do you like to get your way? Do you make off comments just because even when no one's around? So you might think, man, I never say it to anybody. You're saying it to the Lord because he knows your thoughts. And the enemy's waiting too. He's waiting to be like, can you open the door so I can come in? Because I would really like to wreak havoc on your life. I would like to destroy things. I would like to take generations from you. I would like them to serve me and not God. So you know what? Open the door for me. I am waiting. He's right there. He's waiting. In Psalms 22, 3, it says, You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. That's God. He's holy. What we say, how we love him. When we worship, this is just one way to worship. It's a great way to do it corporately. It says that he's enthroned. He's there. He's on his throne when we praise. So if we open the gates to the Father with thanksgiving and praise, our words create a place for him to inhabit. God created everything with words. And then he said, I made man in my likeness. So what do you think our words do? If God can create with our words, do you think that we can too? Yeah, we can. He said we can. And so our words just open up this great place for God to inhabit. Don't you love when you're talking about somebody and they just show up and you were saying good things? Doesn't it feel good? We had that happen, Ed. We were at the park and I was said, oh, me and Lana and Matt were like, you know what, their flowers look so pretty because they live across from the park. They just, oh, I just love them so much. And then who walks by at the park? Ed does. I'm like, I just love it when I'm talking good about people and they show up. But I, let's just be honest, I've been on the other side when I haven't been saying something nice and then that person just shows right up. And you're like, okay, God, I get it. You know, need some repentance. You ever been there? You're trying to, like, get your feet out of your mouth, like, in that moment. Yeah, because whatever we say, we're making a place for inhabitation. So if you're sitting here, I really, I really feel like God was speaking to me during worship today. That last song, even though there was some crazy things that happened, I thought, well, you know, we're going to keep worshiping. I don't care if a timer comes up. I don't care if the system blows up. We're going to keep worshiping. And God started, then, after that, God just started speaking to me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to add this in there. And when it was, he was like, this is the most important moment of your day. And I was like, this is awesome. And, and God's like, if you wonder why things are not going right or you're having a bad day, what did you start with? What did you start with? And I started thinking about 
times when I start with worship and times when I don't. So if you seem like, I just feel like I'm going from one hit to the next. It just keeps happening. Every time, you know, something happens, something bad happens. And then we start to think about worship. If you're sitting in your seat during worship and you're doing it out of rebellion, that is why life probably isn't going that great for you because you are opening the gates to the enemy and not God because the only way to open the gates to the Father is through praise and thanksgiving. You're worshiping him. So if you're like, why does it seem to go right? Why can't these things happen? Why did they get this blessing? Why did they not? You know what? Maybe you just don't know all of the things, the circumstances they're in because they're not complaining about them. You think, oh, it's not so bad. Well, they don't know how it is to go in lack. You don't know. There's times that we've been in lack and nobody knew. And I just couldn't get there and be like, well, we're not going to give. You know what? I just hope something bad happens to them because, you know, they, don't, they need to know how it feels. We don't want bad things to happen. But I just really felt like worship was really important. Get up. Raise your hands. Not raising your hands when God tells you is rebellion. That's rebellion. And I'm saying this because we have a lot of people who do, but we have a lot of people who don't. And I felt like I've shown you in the Word of God numerous times. And then you come and you say, I just can't get past this. This is so hard. I'm struggling. And I'm like, lift your hands up and worship and give it to God like he asked you to so that he can inhabit and not the enemy. So if you keep coming back with the same problems, who have you invited in? God's like, I made it super easy. I did all the work. All I want you to do is surrender. Open your mouth. If you're, I mean, there's times that God's like, sit down, I want to minister to you. There's times he said, kneel. There's times that you are quiet during worship because God is ministering to you. I'm not talking about that. And I can't judge a heart. That's not my job. I'm just, I'm just telling you that if that is a struggle for you and it's out of rebellion, get it cleaned up because the enemy lives there. And every decision that you make, you know who's going to influence those decisions? If God isn't inhabiting you, your decisions are going to be influenced by the enemy. You're going to be like, why does every financial thing I do fall apart? Well, who would want that to happen to you? Not God, the enemy. Sometimes you have to realize, that's the enemy, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give him an inch. The enemy's like, you should just worship a little bit. It's embarrassing. Man, I'd probably be like... You know what? I don't care. If I look crazy, you know what? I'm already, if you're already struggling, you might as well look silly struggling, right? <laughs> if you're at the bottom, all you can go is up. So you know what? Maybe start doing what the Word of God says. Maybe. I think that maybe my time off has made me very sharp. So if something feels sharp, that is not... A judgment. If you feel judgment, that I'm going to tell you. If you feel judgment, that's the Holy Spirit because he wants your life. He wants you to give the whole life. So if something feels sharp, that's because God is sharper than a double-edged sword and he is cutting the things out that will lead to death in your life. So there's nobody in here that I'm like, I don't like you. I don't think you're doing this. So if you're hearing that, that's a lie. That's the enemy. And, you can, and if you're hearing that, know immediately that the enemy is speaking to you because I'm not going to ever speak to you like that. And I just felt like immediately to take that into authority because someone heard that. Mm.
So when we're grumbling, what are we opening with grumbling and, and worry? It's that gate to the enemy. Depression, fear, which spiral into things like jealousy, bitterness, resentment, coveting. You know, when somebody wins, we should rejoice with them, shouldn't we? When someone's grieving, what are we supposed to do? Grieve with them, comfort them. You know, so we need to look and say, if I'm opening gates, I need to make sure they're to the Lord. I need to make sure they're to the Lord. We should have good boundaries, and we should say to the enemy, you're not coming in here. You're never coming in here. You don't get to set up. You don't even get to visit. You're not coming for tea. You ain't coming for coffee. He's the enemy. You guys know what enemy is? It's like the opposite of like your friends. It's your enemy. We need to really make sure. And I look at my own life, and there's times that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I made a, I invited him for tea. Come in for just a little while because I want to be justified. It does. It happens. I'm not going to say it doesn't. The quickest way to get back, though, is repent, 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 repent. You know, I came in here, poor Jordan, he's opening the thing, and our family come in, like, he's probably thinking, oh, this is scary. I don't know what's happening, but they all, none of them are speaking. And if you're, you're me or my girls, if we're not speaking, you better be scared. We talk nonstop. If we are quiet, you better run. You better be like, Lord, cover me with your blood right now, because I do not. If I'm talking to you, we're good. If I'm silent, and so when we had, I was like, I just don't want to feel this. And I'm thinking, Lord, it happens. I want to quickly. So I went in there, and I don't care. I'm, there's other people in there. I'm like, I'm going to repent right here openly. That was rude with my child, and I'm going to just take care of that. Because I don't care who's watching me, because that relationship is more important, because that brings me back into right standing with the kingdom. I don't care what people think about me. I care what God thinks about me. And that's what we need to start cutting in our lives and saying, I don't care what my friends think about me. I don't care what other people think about me. I care more what God thinks about me. It's very freeing. The way we were created to be is live in freedom. So we want to live in God's kingdom on earth as is in heaven, right? We all know Lord's Prayer. We want heaven to come to earth. We want to... Why wait until this body fades away to live anything kingdom, to live blessing, to live favor, to have peace, to have joy? Like, when God's like, well, you can have it all here, too. You know, he says, yeah, there's going to be some hard times because you live in a broken world, but nobody can take that joy, peace. They can't take that from you when, when you have my son, Jesus. So I want to live kingdom here, heaven on earth. And sometimes we get so accustomed to like, this is just the way my life is. It's good enough that we don't realize there's even better. There's even better. We're like, well, at least it's not like it was five years ago, or at least I'm better in this, so I'm just going to stay here. We get content for seasons, and then something switches and we're uncontent. We know immediately, like, I got to keep growing. Because if I'm not growing, I'm dying. If I'm not making a place actively for God to reside, then I'm openly allowing the enemy to reside there. Like it's, it's not, you can't be passive. The enemy's not passive. He's looking for you. That's what he does. So we can't be passive. So how many of you guys want to live heaven on earth? How many of you guys would like, I would like to have peace and joy in my home. And I'm not talking about peace and quiet. If you have children, you're never getting that. The Lord didn't say, I give you peace and quiet, did he? He said, I give you 
peace, peace and loudness. So God, I told, a few weeks ago, I told you guys, got up just a little bit and shared like God had restored some relationships in my life with my family. And so my, fa- my, my immediate, my kids and my husband, they come around some people from my family, some of my siblings, and they're like, everybody's loud all the time. Like, they all talk, we all talk at the same time. We are all loud. This is how we grew up. Like, like you are all talking. You have six people that are all talking at about this decimal all the time. And this is not an exaggeration, is it? It is like this. And then we're like, wait, 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 wait. You got to hear what I got to say. Like, we are doing that to each other. We're running around. We, we take weapons. We break things. It got crazy in a good way. But it gets, so I'm not saying peace and quiet. I'm talking about peace. But the peace of the Lord came with me. So we're not talking about perfection, but we want the peace. I like having peace in my home. And I had some of my siblings that were like, your family is just so good. And I'm like, that is the peace of the Lord on us. At the funeral, I said I was the feral one. They all agreed. Now we've been coining that term. You guys have one. It's Vea, sorry. Um, which is going to make her very strong. You can't hurt that child. She walked down, bust her face, get up, and be like, it's fine. What are we doing next, you know? She is the pharaoh. But when you have that, it's like we're wild, we're free, but we know peace. Even when it's crazy, you can walk in the craziness. And, you know, I have a big family, and I will be honest. Even the funeral director is like, I haven't seen this much crazy. I'm like, yep, it's okay. Just look at me. I'm the, I just told him, I said, you get scared, you just look at me. That's our conversation. <laughs> you shouldn't have to have those conversations <laughs> in those times. But that was a legit conversation. And I was like, if you get scared, you just find me. You'll be okay. The Spirit of the Lord's going to be on you. So we want that kingdom of heaven. We want, even if it's crazy, Everywhere else, we can say, I'm going to carry peace. Even if it's loud, I'm going to carry peace. Even if it looks scary, I'm going to carry peace. So Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Why does it say it doesn't matter what we eat or drink? It's basically saying all those things that we try to make matter so we look good, so it's like, well, well, I show up, you know, and I don't wear jeans to church, or who cares? I wear like, but I'm saying the things that we have made in our own mind of how we should be, oh, well, you know what? I carry a paper Bible. Well, I carry it on my phone. Like, it does, does that matter? Is it the word of God? No, it's the word of God, so it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. But we do that, and he's saying, you know, that stuff doesn't matter. You know what really matters? Are you actually living a good life? in kingdom with peace joy and of course with the holy spirit he's saying because all the things you're doing really don't don't do anything for for you know in the spiritual and none of them it doesn't even have to be sin he's saying but you need to say i need to live according to god's word i need to live according to god's word i need to allow the holy spirit to guide me that's hard sometimes so here's some things if you're saying, okay, like my life is crazy and wild and it seems like 
every time I get on top, I get knocked down, or I, might, I got in the pit, I got knocked there, or I put myself there. You know, people say that Joseph's um, brothers threw him in the pit, but he put himself there because his mouth. They contributed to it, but he opened who got to inhabit with his big mouth. He was basically like egging them on. You don't egg on a bunch of brothers that are bigger than you. Wisdom. Wisdom right there. But, you know, he put himself there. So what do we do if we're like, I'm here because I never knew this and I, I, or I got pushed here after circumstance and circumstance and now it seems like the enemy dwells here and what do I need to do to get out of this situation, this thought process, this mindset, this atmosphere? Because if you go somewhere and you absorb their atmosphere, you don't have the atmosphere of God. If you go somewhere and the atmosphere is negative and they get mad at you or they all begin to start being kind, you're probably changing their atmosphere. If we have the atmosphere of God, we can go into other atmospheres and you will push out the negative or you will engulf the negative and it will change. But if you go somewhere and the negative comes on you, I'll be like, okay, I need something, Lord. So I'm going to give you some things that you can have that will help you transform if you say, I have some areas that my complaining has definitely made a great place for the enemy to dwell. So the two things I have for you are joy and peace. And something about joy and peace is they have nothing to do with your circumstances. Joy has nothing to do with your circumstances. Happiness does. But joy has nothing to do with your circumstances. No matter what happens on Monday, you can have joy. No matter what's happening in your finances, you can have joy. Joy and peace have nothing to do with your circumstances. They are not constrained by your income bracket. They are not bound by things going your way, things that are breaking down or not breaking down. They are not determined by your health or lack thereof. Did you know that? You can be, your health, you can be sick and sing praises unto the Lord. I will tell you the times that I have heard from the Lord and sang his praises nonstop have been when I've been my sickest in my physical body. And my family can attest to that. Or the times when I am the most emotionally broke, I get home and I get on my lawnmower because I put my headphones on and nobody's distracting me. And I just worship. Now the car's going by, sometimes they're looking because I'm mowing the lawn. I'm just worshiping. My lawnmower's going wherever it wants. I don't care. It's not about mowing the lawn. Because I don't need people to think I have a great yard. I need to make sure that God is inhabiting my praises. So it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I need the worship of the Lord because, you know what, I know that joy and peace have nothing to do with what happens to me or what I create. And we have to choose all day, every day, to invite them in. Start in the morning with joy. Sometimes you don't start in the morning with joy. How many of you guys are not morning people? <laughs> Some of you still aren't, but you're still not a morning person. You haven't woke up. You don't know what I'm saying yet. But exactly, you probably don't always wake up with joy. you gotta, you got to rev it up. Maybe coffee helps you remind you that you're supposed to be a joyful person, that you have the joy of the Lord. I don't know what it is. But um, you always wake up with joy, joy, joy. <laughs> Dustin, that's funny. See? You can tell everyone I always have joy. Every single morning, joy just shines right on me. 
And that's good. But we have to choose that we want to have joy and peace. And even on your worst days, the hardest circumstances, lost, lack, joy and peace will bring gifts with them if we choose. So I'm going to tell you some things that joy, joy does. Joy carries hope. If you're struggling with hope, like, am I ever going to be able to pay these bills? Am I ever going to get a job I like? Am I ever going to be healthy? Am, am, am I ever going to be free from this traumatic thing that happened from me? Am I ever going to be able to, you know, restore these relationships? Whatever it is, if you feel like that's never going to happen, then you've lost your joy because joy carries your hope. And you can't have hope if no one's carrying it. That's what joy does. When you're like, okay, I know this looks bad, but God, you said, there's the joy carrying the hope to, to sustain you. Romans, I love Romans. I've been in it a lot this month, and it says Romans 15, 13, and it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill completely, and then you overflow. Who benefits from your overflow? Everyone else. Me. If you overflow, I get that. If I overflow, you receive that. Isn't that good? If I'm empty, you know, I had a day this week, and I was like, those of you that were at the women's conference, I got a word, and it said, you're going to be so stretched, like God is going to stretch you this season. I thought, oh, okay, I'll receive that word. And it came with some other things. And on, I think it was Wednesday, I was just like, I can't do it. Like, I can't do this. I can't move another moment. I can't have one more thing go wrong. One more thing break. My washer broke. My dryer broke. My dishwasher broke. My car broke. Fixed my car. My car broke. Um, I stubbed my toe, all of these things. A spider bit me. It was just, I was like, I was like, okay, I just can't go. And someone messaged me and said, God highlighted you and said that you needed prayer to be able to sustain today. And I said, thank you for listening to the Lord because of your overflow. And I went and I had the greatest day. I had peace just that was surpassing all understanding. It was amazing. Um, I even had, I had my workload doubled, and it just felt peaceful. And um, it was joyful, and it was just great. Because I need that joy to parry, carry the peace. In Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Okay, I'm struggling, okay. I'm going to just keep on praying. I know I can do that. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. If that's all you can say, just keep saying it. I can't do it, Lord. you got to do it. My hope is in you because me, I'm not doing so well. When we put our hope in ourselves or other people, people will let you down because you know what? They're people. They're not God. They're people. So you got to have joy. Joy will carry that hope for you. And as we rejoice, there's times when it's like, you get here this morning, I was like, I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. I went to bed at midnight. At 3.49, I woke up, and I had a terrible allergic reaction for 20 minutes. And I began to pray, and I was like, 
nothing's changed. I've been in the same bed all night. What's happening for 20 minutes? And I'm like, Lord, I got to get some sleep. And I began to pray. And I thought, I just started laughing. I'm up. I'm sneezing all over. I don't even know if it woke you up, but I'm, I'm just all over the house doing this. And, and then I was like, you know what, God, this is hilarious. I stayed up late because I thought I'd get to sleep in, and now I'm up. So I just started laughing, and then, I, and then all of a sudden all my symptoms subsided because I released joy, which had a hope that God is my healer. I don't know what I'm talking about. Here we go. All right. So you can get through anything when you have hope, right? Have you guys ever done that? Like you're thinking, if I can just get to here, like this is the light at the end of the tunnel, I can complete this. Like if you, if you are working and you get a vacation date set, you are looking to that, right? You are counting down, you're marking off the calendar. If your kids, you know, you remember when you, Christmas time, you had those rings and you're like, you're like, it's getting shorter, we're getting there, I have a hope that Christmas is coming, all of these things. When you have a hope, it, it, it sustains you during that time. Because we know depression basically is the result of hopelessness. There's no light. At the end, nothing will change. It will only get worse. And we know in Proverbs it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Who do you think wants your hope deferred? Who do you think wants your hope deferred? You guys know what that means? Like, we don't have it. It's put off. You know, we can't see it. The enemy. He wants you, he doesn't want you to see that little light. He's like, he wants to cover it up. He wants to put everything he can in your way. So hope, or peace, joy carries the hope. Choose joy. When you worship, come in. I guarantee if you just say, all right, I'm just, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to raise my hand. You know, I'll even start. Just, just right here. God, I don't want to do this. I want to do it my way. I don't like this. Just start right here. Start right here. I don't even care. Because all I'm trying to do is help you. All I'm trying to do is help you. And say, all right, God, I need joy. Because I guarantee you as you be... <laughs> you guys are laughing. It's good. Right. Yeah, there we go. I like that. And But if you begin to do this, it, it's just something that happens when we're obedient to God. Joy comes. Did you guys know that? When we're obedient to God, joy comes. So that's just the easiest way. If you're like, I don't know how to start... I'm handing it to you. Please pick it up. Unwrap it. Pick it up and actually do it. Don't just say, I'm going to do it next time. Do it. Actually do it. Don't try to be all theological and try to disprove God's word because you don't want it to fit to you. If you're struggling with joy, worship the Lord. And joy will come. And joy will come. Don't be calling joy and be like, can you come over? I mean, maybe you kind of, God says it. I'm just putting you out there. Now people are going to be calling you. And I know that seems like I'm putting on that. Because if you might be in here and like, I don't like to worship that way. I didn't know worship was for you. Start realizing that what is for you. We got to humble ourselves. It is hard to hear from God when we are prideful. All pride comes from the enemy. And if it's about us, it's prideful. We should only, 
we shouldn't think of ourselves as less or lowly, but we should think of ourselves what God thinks about us. And God said, I created you to worship me. I created you to provide for you. I created you for companionship and relationship. That is who you are. I don't know where we're going, but that was good. I know God's doing a work. If the enemy came to you when I was saying that and you felt judgment, tell the enemy, it's time for you to leave because I'm making some changes. So if, as I was speaking that, if you felt judgment, that wasn't judgment. That was the enemy trying to put judgment on you. Tell him, get out. You're not here no more. You're not welcome here. And now I recognize you. You've been hiding in there. You've been hiding in the corners. Now you're gone. You're not taking another moment here. I need a minute. All right, so then we get to peace. You know what peace does? It carries our comfort. How many of you guys like to be comfortable? I bought uncomfortable couches because I wanted them to look good and I wanted to be cheap. And everybody that came to my house, I had one comfortable set of chairs. Everybody wanted to sit on there. I'm like, I had these two new couches for a while. Like everyone's like, oh, I got to get the first seat. I don't want to sit there. I'm like, they're so uncomfortable. You know, when you have guests over, you're like, oh, I got to hurry up and sit on that uncomfortable couch. <laughs> no, we like comfort. Comfort foods, right? We like them. That's why every corner, every place, every, they sell them, right? They make us feel good. And peace carries comfort. We like comfort. We are not a, a we are not people like that are like, oh, I just I just want it to be, you know, I like the this is what I was saying about runners. I said, who really likes I I I go and I drive in Pentwater and everybody's up at the crack of dawn running. Running. They're on vacation. In they I mean, they look better than that, cause, but, but I'm just like, what are you doing? Go eat a donut. <laughs> You're on vacation. We call you cone suckers for a reason, because you eat ice cream every day on vacation. That's what you do. Why are you running? They're not comfortable. I get uncomfortable watching them run. Then I go eat an ice cream cone for them in their memory. <laughs> but you know, we don't like things that are uncomfortable. I remember when God had me run a 5K once. It was very uncomfortable. God was like, you know what? You're going to do this because I want you to learn how to submit. If you have trouble with submitting, God will make ways. Um, but it never was like, oh, I just feel so good. Even professional runners, when they get done, they're tired. Their body's like, I'm done. We ain't doing nothing. It is. Have you ever seen them as runners that people catch at the end? I'm like, that can't feel good. You can't walk. You're vomiting. Like, you're telling me you like that? No, we like comfort. We want the comfy couch. We want the junk food. That doesn't mean it's always beneficial for us. But when God says he carries comfort, it's always the comfort of the Lord. It's not all the other things. So when your physical body is exhausted and your soul is tired and you're just spent, how do you restore it? You need rest and you need comfort. You know, things like sleeping, taking naps, 
our comfort foods. Sometimes when I am really stressed, I'm like, you're gonna get me, you're gonna get me something that is salty and sweet, and I'm just gonna eat it. Or like if like I'm really stressed, I'm like, you better get me a cherry coke. Like I don't even care. Like I just need it for a moment. My body, I just, uh, you know what? I'll do good tomorrow. But because our body's like, you need this. So sometimes you just need those those comfort things. They release that dopamine, <laughs> which kind of brings peace to our body. But then when we talk about our soul, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And when we do that, we need the word of the Lord brings that comfort. Do you know that's the only comfort that is going to comfort your soul and your spirit? The word of the Lord. That's what brings comfort to us. Psalms 29.11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. That's his word. He said he's going to give you strength, not anything you do. You can work out every day. And your body may be strong, but you know what? My body ain't going to live forever, but my soul is. And I'm not saying don't abuse your body and not take care of it. I'm, don't be like, she said I can eat whatever I want. I can have ice cream cones every day. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying is we need to prioritize. Our soul should always be first. Because if our spirit already knows the Lord, it's our soul that we are in this constant battle with. Because our spirit is perfect with the Lord, because it has the blood of Jesus. Our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, that is very susceptible to the enemy. Once we're saved, our spirit is no longer susceptible to the enemy. Did you guys know that? It's not going to take over. None of that's going to happen. You're not going to lose your salvation. But our soul every day is susceptible to the tactics of the enemy. Our mind, our will, and our emotions is constantly depending on circumstances. It, it, it doesn't understand, but our spirit does. That's why it says, I need to have my spirit lead, not my flesh or my soul. My spirit needs to be the one leading, and if my spirit's leading, I know that the word of God is always true, so I'm going to have the word of God wash over me so that my soul and my body can then line up with what my spirit already knows. Does that make sense to you guys? That's good. That's why he says, I'm going to bless you with peace. His word, his word, his word. I love just listening to his word all day, every day, if I can. I just, I had someone that I worked for, and they said, oh, you know, with all that's going on in your life, do you want a day off from cleaning? I said, absolutely not. I will take a day off from everything else. But that is when I receive the word. Give me more. God said, okay. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I got to go. Daphne was cleaning the house next to me, and I went over there, and guess what she had? You're not going to believe it. Tell, the, tell them what you had for me. Strawberry ice cream. Ice cream, yes. Strawberry. <laughs> I'll tell you how much the Lord loves me. Lana had one. She didn't like it, so I got a double portion. <laughs> Do you see how good just taking the time, listening to it? It's just good. He blesses you. Bless me with ice cream. I really feel like I might need some ice cream today. How about you guys? I think that's from the Lord. <laughs> we'll get you some Dole Whip. We know that you're working out. This guy, I don't know if you guys know, but he has, Noah is literally like, with food, he is the best person that can stay on track. So if you're like, I need to stay on track, ask him. He's always, I'm like, how do you do this? It is a gift. That is a gift from the Lord that you have the ability to do that. 
Every, all the rest of us that are laughing and stuff, we know that's a gift, right? You're like, I have one chip. This one, too. Oh, here's a, here's a bag of chips. I'll just have one and roll it up for, like, the next 30 days. I knew, I got to tell you a quick story on chips. <laughs> I had a friend, she had like six kids. She's like, I was obsessed with chips. She's like, I couldn't even keep them in my house because I had no self-control. I know the Lord, but I don't know when it came to chips, the enemy just came on me and I couldn't stop. She would get a bag of chips. She'd go and buy it. And she's like, then I would realize what I'm doing. I'm driving in the car. I'd be eating them so much that I would start throwing handfuls out the window because I knew I wasn't controlling. So she'd put it in her mouth, then she'd start throwing them out the window while she's chewing so that she wouldn't eat the whole bag. And I said, that is the best thing to do. And I have done that with food since then. I thought, she just gave me wisdom. I can just see Because you can't just set it somewhere because you're going to go back for it. But if it's floating. Oh, there is. Do you see what happens when you start talking about the word of God and, and what we do as a community of believers in the kingdom? Joy just happens. Yep. It just happens. And, you know, so we create an atmosphere for something to inhabit. We just do. So I started thinking, like, think about animals and, and things like that. They need the right habitat to thrive. If you get your kids a fish, you can't say, oh, go take that fish for a walk. Take them out of the water. Just, you know. Just put a little leash on him, put a, you know, put a little string on him, take him. He's not going to thrive. Just if you weren't sure about that, I don't think he's going to make the walk. We thought running was bad. Be a fish on a walk. Okay? But we need to create. They thrive in the right habitat. So what? We thrive in the right habitat. I want God to inhabit me so that I am in the presence of my creator because I will thrive. If everything's going wrong, depression looks, bitterness, lack, strife, if that's the norm, put the fish back in the water, okay? If that's what's going on and that's the norm, I'm not saying you won't have grief or bad days, you will, but if it, that is a constant in your life, all of those things that I listed plus, if that is the constant in your life, you have a fish out of water and you need to put it right back in the right habitat because it's not going to thrive, it's probably not going to survive. Create the right atmosphere and seek kingdom, kingdom regardless of our circumstances. How many of you guys did not want to be here today? Just me? See, yes, honesty, you know what? God, you know, Jesus is truth. See, come on. But you're here and you got blessed, didn't you? Joy was released to your family because that was the enemy. He said, don't you go today because he knew what he had for you. You know what? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you right now because you were the only one to be honest with me because the rest of you, I probably, you guys weren't like, oh, I get to go to church this morning. Some of you woke up to crying children. You had a long drive. Things were not going with. Some of you did wake up because you already knew joy was still with you, you know, and so you came and you were like ready for church and there's weeks like that, but there's weeks that's like, I know I should go, but I also could just say that my alarm didn't go off or something, <laughs> you know. I tried to do that this morning, but they're like, oh, you go to preach today. And then my computer broke down, and my word got lost, and I was like, no worries, Matt. Trying to fix it for me, I'm like, I just feel like it'll just work. I'm like, I just can't worry about it. If the word is gone, God will give me a new one, I guess. <laughs> I just got to that point. So I'm going to pray quick for you, Megan, because I just think that was pretty awesome to be able 
to be in boldness today. Lord, I just thank you for a double, double portion of joy and peace for Megan and her family. I thank you, Lord, that she just stepped out and she said, God, I want everything you have for me. So, Lord, I just thank you, not just enough, but I want her to have an overflow of joy. She won't even know why, you know, Give Jaden understanding when she just starts laughing because she's going to have joy that's going to be released in that household, Lord. I thank you. Every corner is just going to be overflowing. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, come on. See, everyone that's like, I didn't raise my hand, but I'm taking it too. <laughs> Take it. God says there's more than enough. We pray for someone else. I'd go rub your shoulder and be like, I'm taking some too. But you know what? You're never taking away when it's overflow. It just keeps going. So you can give everything that God gave you to extend it to someone else, and you still are full. I don't know any other, that is not a natural concept when you give everything away and you're still full. Like, that's not possible unless you are, understand kingdom. So let's create the right atmosphere. If you create the right atmosphere, everything else begins to fall in line. People will come to you. They will ask. You will lead people. You will be helping in that ministry of reconciliation. Peace and joy will be there no matter what your circumstances. And you know what? You will feel that in your home and everywhere you go. You will attract other people who have a great atmosphere. If you're like, I have bad friends, start changing your atmosphere. Because those friends will be attracted to the goodness of God. It is attractive. When I gave the message at my dad's, I was like, I'm giving a salvation message. And I did. And I had so many people. They didn't even offer me condolence. They just come up in tears and was like, thank you for that message. That released it. Like, it was just person after person that came up. And then it was message after message. And I thought, that's true, God, because it had not been released there before. New territory. I got to close. I don't know.